With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hey, thanks for being here. I'm Dr. Lee Merritt, and, and uh, once an orthopedic and spinal surgeon, now, now a professional medical rebel. And this is The Dangerous Dames, and I'm here with my co-host, uh, Courtney Turner from the Courtney Turner Podcast. We're here every week at this time, and thanks for joining us. Courtney, you there? I'm here. How, How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, good. Well, you know, I'm just recovering from hand surgery, and I can tell you that I've been I had I had been praying to the God of opposable thumbs because when you do not have you know this is this is this is what allowed us to make the the, the atom bomb and do all sorts of things in this world and it's the ability to grasp things and when you can't do that you can't it's hard to get your pants down I mean good news is my hair always looks kind of bad so I didn't, but I can't I can't even get I can't do like rollers you can't do anything it's like, oh I can't, no I can't open a jar because you can't hold it unless you can hold it underneath your armpit you can kind of do that you really learn the limitations of the world when you don't have that thumb so this is I fortunately I can be in a brace here pretty soon that will allow me to oppose okay. it but uh it's not oh, gonna wow. be it's gonna be a while yeah I had to do this early now so I could get ready for harvest farming time so I have to be yeah. able to use shovels and stuff so that's what's going on but it's a pain in the you know what 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 happened to your thumb that there that you needed to it's really it? just uh you know I had so I went down the I went down to Arizona to have it done because my friend down there, uh, Dr. Todd Rundin in Yuma, Arizona. If anybody needs orthopedic hand surgery, he's excellent. But anyway, he uh, I I had I had this done in 2007 or 2008. It was 2008 when I took my son to college, and so I had him do it just before I took my son to college. I took two weeks right. off. Now I was a spine surgeon at the time. Yeah. I had a th in, in 2008. I had a three thousand dollar a day overhead in my office. Whoa. So he told me at the time, he said, he said, I said, and he put me in a cast. I said, you, how long do I have to be in this? He said, two weeks. And then we can go to a, you know, something else. I said, or, or no, he said, he said six weeks. And I said, I will be bankrupt in six weeks. Okay. Now here's what can, what do you really not want me to do? And he said, I don't want you to do this. I said, how about if I get some braces made? And I can actually sterilize them. And I actually did, I, you know, and it was not a problem. I could actually, you know, because you, as long as you can oppose your thumb, you can do very fine work, but you can't do it, you know. So I just lived my life and I got through it there. And it's perfect. I'm going to tell you, I now use it for farming and for all sorts of stuff. I mean, I use chainsaws and that thing, I don't have any pain and it's completely stable. Now, the problem is this is so the reason I got this in my right hand first is because I did surgery. I used this. The device called a kerosene and I used it eight hours a day, three to four days yeah. a week. And it was just like constantly squeezing that, that joint. So uh, it was, and I learned later about too, too late that if I just put a rubber, like some rubber tubing over the butt end of the handle, 
it wouldn't mm -hmm. have pounded that joint. But I don't think that's the whole story because now this is bad. So anyway, right. it just goes bad over time. And then it slips out of place and then this gets deformed and you don't have any power. And this is how if you let that go too long. It's a problem. So this is he did the same thing down here. But here's I got to tell you, he was great. Everything was great. But here's the problem that people need to be aware of in your state. If your if your state pharmacy board is going to push electronic um, e-sign, this is this is I don't know where this is coming from, but you have to resist this e-sign. It's where you have to have electronic signatures for all prescriptions. Now, if they want to do it in general, I don't have a problem. But if you right. don't make an exception then there's a problem. So here's what happened. In Arizona, you can't get any prescription if it's not e-signed, okay? Uh, unless you can call it in. You can do non, you know, call in stuff. Yeah, I guess you can do that. But if it's a if it's a narcotic medication, it cannot be sent anyway except by e-sign. Now, so I got I got there's a lot of nerve endings in here. It hurts yeah. after surgery, okay? And I'm, I'm not a wuss. I've got a high, a high pain tolerance, but it would have been nice to have a little pain medication. But the e-sign e didn't work. And it wasn't that the whole system was down, but, but, and, and, you know, his, his big office and where they are, they could not send it. It could not, they have an e-sign, they have four or five doctors in there. They, it generally works, but there was a glitch. And the, apparently the, the Walgreens could not get it in the way that they could accept it. So for two days, I had no pain medication. And I called wow. up Walgreens the second day and I said, now they would call in, you know, yeah, I could have taken Tylenol, but I don't take Tylenol. People need to realize Tylenol is damaging to your brain. There was yeah. a doctor, I woke up this years ago, there was a doctor years ago that took Tylenol for 10 days and had brain fog. And he reported wow. this. And I started looking at the literature and the literature from um, like looking at, they've done a bunch of studies. Anyway, one of them, they used Tylenol as a control, looking at whether long-term anti-inflammatories would decrease your risk of dementia, what they found out, but they didn't report. Uh, yeah, they didn't report that the fact that the, um, uh, the, the Tylenol that was supposed to be the control, those people had 20% more dementia than the people that didn't. So I don't take Tylenol. I don't give it to my patients. I don't use it at all. Do so, we know why? I know it's not good for the liver, Tylenol. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the number one reason for liver failure. It increases yeah. your risk of, of renal cancer. And these are these are peer reviewed studies. OK, these are not this is not. And then this whole thing that they that they didn't report in the although it came out in the data in the paper, they did not report at the end of the paper. And then this okay. issue with your brain. And it has to do with the uh, I think it's the NM, NMDA receptor. I haven't thought of NMD receptor. There's a receptor in your brain and this damages it somehow. It, it alters mm -hmm. it. And so um, so you get calcium flooding in and whatever. And I think it's called the NMDA receptor. Like I say, I haven't thought about this for 20 years, but that's why sure. I, for a very long time, I haven't used Tylenol so that I couldn't get, and, and I put tramadol kind of in that same category. There's something wrong with tramadol too. And I can't remember the whole story, but I don't use tramadol and I don't use Tylenol. Other things, anything else, you know, simple codeine, which ironically, since, you know, since they've been doing all this, well, oh, we have to be careful about narcotics and you have to can't use too much and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And they've been, you know, limiting doctors ability to prescribe. It turns out we have more overdose of, of, of narcotics than we did before. And as, and as, as my doctor told me down there, he says, you know, they're so worried about us over prescribing, but we got fentanyl coming across the border oh, five yeah. miles away. You know, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> huge doses. No problem. I got it. He's right about that. So here's yeah. the point I, I, I'm going to say. So I went two days without any pain medication. 
And the morning of the third day, well, the third day, I was going to go home and it was still, it's still, you know, third, it's day three, it's better, but it's still throbbing and you didn't want to be up all night. So I just, I, I, we're driving along, we'd gone out to dinner and I, I, you know, I, I said to my friend, I said, Hey, a vape shop, drive in there. And I just <laughs> went in and I got a big jar of gummy bears of, of 750 milligram CBD gummies. They and help. Yeah, absolutely. I took two of yeah. them and I was slept all night and it was just great. And I thought to myself, right. I should have done that day one. Number yeah. one, it would have been cheaper, easier. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're going to make these psychopaths irrelevant. But yeah. I would just say, so I did, what was interesting is when I called up Walgreens and I, you know, okay. Walgreens is very much in the tank with all this COVID stuff and all that. Yeah, I'm going to just yeah. say, it. I'm sorry, Walgreens, but you know, I used to, I, I like them. I think they have a good, they, I, I've used them for years, but it's a problem now. And yeah. so, cause I literally had a patient die cause I couldn't get ivermectin from them when they were filling it for other people. So, you know, wow. I know this is, this is crazy stuff. Yeah. So anyway, um, what happened is that I called them up and I said, listen, do you have anything, uh, if I, they offered to give me a written script, I can have my friend drive me out and get the script. No, we can't accept that. I said, well, they can't get to your system. They've been trying for two days. Right. I said, I don't need a lot. I just want for a couple of days, you know, a few days sure. to get home because I got to fly and I got to, you know, I got to move stuff. And, you know, every time you move, it throbs. And they said, well, I said, what would you do if electricity went out? And he said, well, then we'd make exceptions. I said, but you won't make an exception for another problem. Okay, so you're willing to let a group of patients, just not everybody go without pain right. medication, but a group of patients can go without pain medication. Great. Happy happy to hear that. Wow. And I mean, I'm not trying to defraud anybody. If you're right. telling me that you think it's more secure to send an e-sign than it is to actually write a prescription, right? you could... You know, there's so many ways you can secure that. This is like paper ballots. I'm sorry. They're yep. still better than the machines. And they are. And, and, I, I've argued know. with people about this and they're talking about, well, you can use a universally unique code and put it on blockchain. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I might be just very cynical. I, I do think that those can be hacked as well. We're seeing that actually with crypto now that now they're regulating it and they're transferring it over, which is kind of my concern all along. Um, but I wanted to just, I looked up uh, the NDM, the NMDA receptor. It's a receptor NMDA, of glutamate. Okay. Yeah, N NMDA. It's a receptor of glutamate, the primary ex excitatory neurotransmitter in right. the brain. Right. So it gives you, a, yeah, it, it, it excites and, and it's, uh, it, 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 it plays an integral role in synaptic plasticity, which is neural mechanism believed to be the basis of memory formation. Right. So that's right. pretty important. That's pretty important. Don't don't have anything yeah. to mess with your MDA receptors. Yeah. 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 No. But I was just curious about that. So I wanted to look yeah. it up. That's really interesting. Yeah. And wow. So, and, it, and this doctor, he was an OBGYN doctor, if I remember right. This one especially. Okay. But he figured yeah. it out because he started having brain fog just all of a sudden. And he'd been taking Tylenol for something like this. Right. He got what a sprain or something simple. You know, this is and I'll tell you another. This is just a philosophic point. This is yeah. why in medicine today, they do not want uh, they, they, they're going to this evidence-based medicine. Now, evidence-based right. medicine sounds really sciencey and sounds right, right? Like we don't right. want to just have anybody running off them. But the problem is, as a physician who's trained in clinical expertise, you're trained in exam and to how to look at clinical problems and constantly thinking about what's happening with this patient. When it happens to you, you recognize things that you may not have a chance to recognize in other people. A lot of good right. discoveries are made in doctors on themselves. And right. 
And so we used to do a thing called case report and review of the literature. It was a big part of every medical journal had at least one of those every month. Okay. And they oh, wow. would have, you, you could look up, this is how Andrew Wakefield got in trouble with the British Medical Society right. over the MMR. He wasn't, he wasn't even a neurologist and he really wasn't there to make a point about uh, autism. He was a, he was a certified great university GI doctor. And mm -hmm. all these patients started to come to him and they were bringing these little kids that had these weird gastrointestinal complaints. And finally he started doing uh, scopes on them and saw these crypts, these are these uh, little spiral like things in these cells. And they, they, they sent them to pathology and they turned out to be measles uh, collections, essentially right. from these MMR vaccines. So he reported on 12 children and he then, got his pathology buddies. They, they went, they signed, you know, they signed off on this whole thing. Everybody, there were like multiple authors and they, and they, they, he wrote this paper and put it up just because it was a GI problem. But then when, then it, because he mentioned, I think in the paper that mm -hmm. the patients also had mental decline, you know, they had these cognitive declines that they, the parents noted uh, in this autistic type behavior of rocking and head banging and stuff like that. Then the whole world came down on him. But why did he do it? Was, it was not a, it was, those used to be put out. And the answer was, if you didn't believe it to be true, you put out the counter narrative, right? right. Yes. Right. And there it is. And that's, and, and that's the problem is that, so they threatened the other doctors, enough people dropped off and blah, blah, blah. And he, God love him. He stood up and, and has yeah. changed the world. So, He's um, wonderful. But, you know, that's what, so. So they don't want us to do that. See, they don't no, want us right. to do clinical observation and report these things. But ta if had we done that, I think Tylenol would be long gone. Yeah, That's I think so point. too. And CBD would be up. Okay, let me tell you what I learned about okay. CBD on the other side. Okay. okay. Now this isn't so much maybe about pain medication, but uh, mm -hmm. I know that when I was a libertarian candidate for public office, everybody came up to me like, this is all we care about is marijuana legalization. Right. No, that's not all we cared about. But anyway, um, <laughs> people would come up to me and say about, but I was educated by the, by the, by longtime libertarian people that had been in this mm -hmm. fight to legalize it for pain. Right. And it's not the THC component. It is the CBD component. So CBD is good for pain. But yeah. here's also thing. For me, yeah. I have glaucoma and it is the THC that helps the glaucoma. Yes. And the THC yeah. apparently for cancer, but it's the, it's the CBD yeah. for pain and for other things, including yeah. mental things. So yeah. um, you have more brain receptors for CBD than you do for morphine, which is interesting. Yeah. You have more, more CBD receptors. receptors, cannabinol receptors. Yeah. Now, what happened is um, I went to a, this was at the A4M, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine meeting years ago. And here's this neuro, I just, I can't remember why I was in this lecture, but there's this neurosurgeon up there and he's a 30 year army neurosurgeon and he's giving a lecture on CBD and brain trauma. I mean, I don't even know if that was the name of the lecture because I don't know if that was the whole point, but it was a big part of it. And he's showing the history of how they've demonized CBD and blah, 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 blah. And I, I live where, you know, we have ditch weed. We have this growing in our yard all the time. So it's like, right. you know, grows out of my <laughs> potato patch. Come on. They planted it out here. We're perfect for growing this stuff. But anyway, yeah. and he said, it, the, he said it is super for brain trauma, like closed head trauma, where these guys are coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan and, 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 and they would, and he didn't know it when he was in the army. Okay, this is right. when he got out, but he'd been a 30 year army neurosurgeon and he, you know, he'd never smoked marijuana. He didn't have any idea about any of this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when he got out and started looking at the literature, he realized how it had been that the government knew this worked and it and they showed it in NIH studies and that it's it's yes. And it's absolutely. But here's the thing. 
um, when they would when they would use it, they were testing natural hemp cannabinol. Okay, right. in other words, it's the it's the CBD uh, part of the plant, but it it was the full spectrum. So you have about I don't remember how many cannabinoids there are. They're different. Mm -hmm. There a bunch of them that make up what mm -hmm. we call cannabinol in a in a marijuana in a hemp plant. Right. And so there's a big broad spectrum. So now that they've legalized marijuana, if you go to a medical dispensary, which I didn't do, I just went to one of these over the counter vape shops that, you know, that don't sell it for medical purposes. Right. Right. But if you go to your medical dispensary in your state, like we have in Iowa, which is the only place you can uh, theoretically get this stuff, I guess. That's been processed by big pharma and it's only two of the of the 180 oil fragments. It's only two of them. So it's not yeah. the studies that helped us, but here's a study that he, here's a story that he told and he tells us in public. So I'm not, I'm not, there was a kid that had been, uh, and, and this is a problem by the way, because people come back, they came back from the war and Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff. And they had all these, all these brain traumas and they were mean and beating up their wife and they couldn't get along with anybody because they had a personality change. And what he showed is how good this is for that along with right. hyperbaric oxygen and this, those were the two things I would do right away if that were me. So anyway, mm -hmm. What 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 he told this he told this story and you being an actress you'll love this story. Okay, here's this kid that, that had a motorcycle accent, okay. and he um he 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 nursed this kid in the ICU. I mean, this guy had huge brain trauma, so he's a neurosurgeon. He takes care of this brain trauma, and the kid he's on a respirator for for a month or so, and he finally wakes up. He finally gets wakened up, and he's and he gets himself he gets him home, and. He, uh, but he's not himself. He's, he's like living in the basement. He can't, he can't interact with people. He's got a real personality change. And his mother contacts the neurosurgeon and says, there's something really, I mean, he's not himself. This is not right. So, you know, he goes to the exam and he does all this stuff, but he, he learned about this. Now the literature on this, and he started him, I think he was giving him quite a bit, like a teaspoonful of this full spectrum cannabinol oil, uh -huh. cannabinoid oil, CBD oil. Um, every morning and maybe one at night. I can't remember the whole regimen, but it was quite a bit. And 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 about about two weeks later, his mother says he calls him up and says, "You can't believe the change in this kid." He even gave some girl his telephone number. You know, he's like a hundred percent. He's like almost a hundred percent better. And right. then at the at at a few weeks after that, or th you know, a couple months or something, it was within three months. I can't remember the exact time frame. The kid he gets a letter from this kid and he says. Uh, you won't thank you so much for everything you did for me. I mean, I'm doing so well now. In fact, I have a new job and his new job was he was a stand-up comedian. So he went from being not able to interact with people after this brain trauma to being right. a stand-up comedian. And, and it was like overnight once they started the CBD oil. That's amazing. Yeah. So there's a lot of stories like that out there. So again, um, your government has lied to you about everything. And this is a big one. This is a big one. It's They've done studies. They know this and they know it's safe and effective. This is really safe and effective, but they're going to make it illegal there. And quite frankly, as a trauma surgeon, I'm just going to say, I'll make this drug comment. I, I was, I, I did orthopedic level, essentially level one, even though we were not a level one hospital, I did level one orthopedic trauma for over 20 years. And I will just tell you that you don't see the marijuana users, you know, all this BS about this, you know, you, you know, people saying, oh, people, they become psychotic and they do all these things. No, I don't think that's what's going on. I think they're, the psychotic people are using it to do better than they could on the mainstream medicines. Like my right. friend, 
from Vietnam who had PTSD and they almost killed him with the medicines from the VA, but he used smoked a little marijuana and it just kept him calm and kept those dreams away and he was fine. So anyway, what, what the, what the real truth is, is that the three drugs that you saw when I was in practice, you saw in the trauma situation were alcohol, meth, and PCP. Those yeah. are the ones that make you mean, aggressive, stupid. You fight with your family. You go out and drive and drink and all that sort of stuff. So if you're going to make it illegal, yeah, it's totally, this is a total scam. And, yeah. um, you know, I saw the state of Iowa literally kill somebody who had kept himself alive. This guy kept himself alive for like several years with a very bad cancer. And I'm trying to think what it was. I think it was an angiosarcoma. It was something where he had these ant these growths on his skin all over and they were very painful um, and it had a, it had we even with conventional medicine it had a less than two year life lifespan and he had wow. been i think eight years or something but he was what he did was he he was growing his marijuana in mm -hmm. a trailer uh mm -hmm. in on the in his farm back thing he wasn't selling it to anybody as far as i know this was all about him but his high school friend was helping him just in order to keep him alive okay and this is what they were doing and they made this tarry oil or something and then slowly they did like milkshakes or not milkshakes but but smoothies of this stuff and right. they, would, they would smear it on his his lesions and he was alive eight years later now why wow. couldn't he, and he but here's the thing he could not get conventional treatment because he had a a heart valve and yes, I think that's it. What's his name? I'm blanking on his name right now, but it was a big case. And and this guy, uh, Benton McKenzie. Yes. McKenzie. Okay. I, we went to his court case. Okay. The Libertarian Party wow. we showed up at his court case. This is years ago. And Benton McKenzie had kept himself alive for years with his high school friend just doing this. And, um, and so what happened is they, they, they decided to process, they, decided he got popped for this this i don't know how it all came down and how he got popped for but anyway they decided right. to arrest him arrest his friend they you know destroyed his trailer and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. and um he was looking at a 15-year jail sentence unbelievable so, yeah i know he was looking at a 15-year jail sentence for what what now the only good thing i've heard him say uh, biden says we want to decriminalize marijuana right. um you know well I have thoughts on that, but go yeah, on. Okay. Yeah, okay. But I, I I know there's another story there. But my point is, is that <laughs> it would be a good thing. Is The point is that you don't want these cases like Benton McKenzie. So this guy was just doing it for his medical purposes and keeping himself alive. Yeah. So the judge, after this case was over, so again, there's certain restrictions. So you have these three strike rules. You have all these different things going on in the courts these days that we're not aware of, that the judge cannot do certain things. They can't use their actual judgment. They're just, they're just yeah. kind of... They're algorithms like the doctors. Now you do this, 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 this. So what happened to Benton McKenzie was um, the judge said, well, uh, we're going, you know, you're, you're, you convicted him and 15 years in prison, blah, blah, blah. But given your medical sy system, we're going to put you on probation or something like that. He didn't have to go to jail. But... Um, but of course he can't get it, it, and then and and he says and the judge says to him and so you'll be able to now go out and get conventional medical care well he couldn't try qualify because he had a, a bork shiley valve you can't take the care for his tumor if you've got that valve this was what this whole thing was about and he was dead then soon after he tried to go out to another state but he couldn't afford that blah 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 it's, I mean, it's like this is like an unnecessary tragedy of the government of, of the government making. Oh, and his friend was convicted. I think in what five years of prison. That was what he was given. Unbelievable. Five years of prison.
This isn't El Chapo. Come on, guys. I mean, this is the problem. I mean, we have Wall Street, you know, fraud, you know, rip off millions and millions of dollars of people. They don't go to jail for this. Oh, I know. But you're just trying to keep yourself alive with a drug that the government itself knows works. And right. you, you uh, yeah. It's well, I think a lot of what they're doing now is uh, they do have all these patents. Peter Thiel has a whole company. He's also working on ketamine is, therapy now. You're right. Um, and so I think, you know, they've demonized it. They've demonized it. So, of course, it, this is like trauma-based mind control, right? They put the news really, really tight. Then they release. And now they're going to like, clamp down again. But now they're going to – the part of the release is, oh, okay, now we can all have uh, our uh, – our cannabis, but it's not going to be real. It's going to be not the same. It's not the same. And well, I'll it's tell you, not, it's, not, it's patented, so it's actually right. like GMO and it's it's synthetic. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Who knows right. what they're doing with it? They don't yeah. want you to have got. You know, I remember. So I in Iowa, quite frankly, they came out in the twenties and they planted this stuff for jute for world, you know, for the military to make yeah. rope, hemp rope, and things for the for the ships. Oh yeah, and so it grows wild out here. I mean, you know, if you don't. One time I, I was gone traveling and my husband was, wasn't, I don't can't, he was gone or something. So we had this guy mowing the yard. He was one of my high school, I think, I don't know if he's around now, but he was, he was kind of uh, one of my high school class or high school kids that was in with school with me. Mm. And he had, this is what he did. He rode around and mowed yards, but he didn't know. And he was just constantly missing this one bank. And by the time I get back and here I am, you know, and running for politics as a libertarian and all this is coming, you know, this is the big thing that they're always talking about here. I've got these six, eight foot, you know, can of, you know, (laughs) plants growing in this patch on the bank because nobody been mowing it. That's what happens out here. Okay. But the farmers, before they made a big deal about abating all this stuff and having to toxify it with, with weed insect, you know, herbicides to get rid of it because you could be fine. They remember that the cows would eat it and they were very healthy, happy cows. They were not. I'm sure. It's a very big, healthy thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Um, The other thing I was going to address with the e-sign, I think that it's part of, uh, you know, healthcare. I think I've I've showed this before, the whole uh, 2050 uh, EMT plan where everything is a part of like a, a digital tracking system yes, and their, their whole healthcare plan, but they're doing all of the surveillance, but mostly through healthcare but under the right. guise so of healthcare. Keep in mind when that's another good, very good point. Cause keep in mind when you get an e-script, what it basically says is the government, the insurance company, everybody in the world, you know, forget Hippocratic oath privacy, right? You're telling everybody in the world what you're on and yep. it will be there forever. You know, yep. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I know like my mom went and she had surgery and they, the same thing happened with her. They wouldn't give her uh, painkillers. And for her, they say, well, it had nothing to do with e-sign. It had to do with, uh, you know, that people are abusing it. And so they, they limit the, they wouldn't, they, they were, they told her to take Tylenol. She was like, Tylenol's not going to cut it. (laughs) Yeah, And and I'm glad, and you don't want to take it. So as we talked about, yeah, that's what, See, that's the problem. It, yeah. it, there's so many benefits to the bad guys with e-sign, but there are no benefits to you. Exactly. Zero. Zero. Yeah. And okay, are there a few people that abuse the system and, and sell these drugs on the, on, the, on the market? Then take care of them. Do yeah. your job, drug enforcement agency, if you think that's yeah. your job. Um, right. But you don't need to criminalize every patient and every doctor who's out there trying to do the right thing. That's what's happening. And it's and it's not like you said that actually that's the best point is what you said is that it's it's all for tracking us. 
That's that's the whole. They purpose. don't give us everybody shit about into digital systems using too much drugs. In fact, they want to kill us, so they don't care if we're overdosing. Yeah. I, I yeah, if this is not about, about health. Well, it's and if they really about cared health. about health, then they know Tylenol is detrimental. They wouldn't be recommending that instead. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No. So it's not about health. They it's take so off the drugs that are useful and they, yeah. they they replace them with things that are that are not useful or that are <laughs> they they claim are useful, but they're either super expensive and they usually are more toxic. I tell people yeah. every time you get a chance, use old drugs. Well, I got to tell you yeah. the other thing that happened to me while I was down on the, on okay. the so I used to practice medicine in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, that's where I did orthopedic okay. surgery. And, and um, I, I'm going to tell you, so I know something about the border from having lived on it. My, you could throw yeah. a stone. I mean, I had the, the border patrol every once chasing illegals through my backyard, oh, essentially yeah. jumping over the back fence and stuff. So it happens. So, mm -hmm. um, but here's what's really happening in a nutshell and why you can this this thing at Eagle Pass is a, is is a fraud, um, yeah. and and to back up when I I saw this guy on Telegram I don't know if you've seen this I think I sent it to you but he's, he's got he's in a pickup truck, and again I I don't know him I can't verify him but I can verify what I'm going to tell you and it goes along with what he shows he shows Eagle Pass he says here are all the guys there the Army Reservists and the Border Patrol and they're all the guns yeah. and the, all the things going on down here, and it makes it look like oh man we're dark we're guarding the border now the trucks are coming down right. But mm -hmm. he takes his, he leaves his phone on and he's driving around with his phone on, which is kind of what I did. And he just drives this parallel road to the like a like a access road by the fence for half a mile. Mm -hmm. Comes to an open gate half a mile down from Eagle Pass. Here's an open gate in the border fence and to a little kind of gravel road and nobody's coming through it. Then he drives down half a mile, another half a mile, another open gate to the border fence. Nobody's coming through it. Now, what's going on? And that's what I didn't observe or open gates, but I we we went to uh, San Luis. We went down where we're just below Yuma there, San Luis, Arizona. And it's where the big border crossing is in Yuma sector. Right. That's mm -hmm. the border patrol sector headquarters and all that sort of stuff. And and for, uh, around that whole area, you can see all the border fences, tall fence. And I do have to say the fence is nicer than what was down there before. I'll tell you the right. problem with the one before, but the, this is a nice tall fence and you don't okay. see any activity at it. You don't see people behind it. You see nothing going on. It's like right. nobody's charging against this wall all along that area. Right. Right. But what, here's what I learned because you know, people down there, I mean, you know, and so getting in touch with old friends kind of thing. Sure. That, that wall, it, it does not sit on the border of Mexico and the United States. In other words, you, you, you think you see that map, the dotted line, there's Mexico yeah. on one side of the United States on the other side. This wall sits about, I don't, I think they said 20 yards, but it could have been 20 feet. But yeah, that's inside so. on the American side. Okay. Mm -hmm. So by the time anybody comes up to that fence, they can demand asylum and we have to make them Asylum yeah, seekers. Already, now they're, they're not, already they've already crossed. So they're not illegal immigrants. They're now legal. Yeah. That makes you legal. So that's why nobody's going down on these unguarded areas. And that's why this is all a show. You can it's have all a show. You can have cannons. You can have uh, you know, laser guided musicians, munitions. It's not gonna matter at the border because yeah. it's a matter and so when they show a picture of a border patrol agent pulling somebody through the the, the barbed wire fence down there. Yeah. Well, guess what? That barbed wire fence is not on the actual border. So yep. you're you're dealing with people that are asylum seekers and they're helping them because they have to. If you yep. want to stop this nonsense, you've got to stop that, which which 
which goes to, I will tell you an old story. Now, this is when I was in practice down there, but it tells you this is all about our government. It's not about the inability to control flow through the border. Right. right now, in the old days, when I was down there in the nineties, and and they had a border wall that was made of all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, there was in it, it, a lot of places there wasn't a wall, but there were virtual right. sensors. They had lots of ways of of keeping people out, but it wasn't sure. just a big wall. But there was a wall around the, the the some areas, and people would what they would do is they would climb up on each other's shoulders. One of the ways of getting illegals over the wall was they would they would climb up on each other's shoulders, and then in the process, if somebody didn't let go on time or somebody started falling from the top, yeah. and somebody didn't let go, then it broke their ankles as they went over the wall and landed like you know I don't know how many twelve fifteen feet down into this dirty sandy ground, and we were taking care of it at the at the hospital down there. We were taking care of these open grade three, you know, humerus fracture. I mean, humerus, but ankle fractures, tibia mm -hmm. fractures all the time. These are yeah. nightmare cases in a daylight scenario, but they tended to happen at night. You were up all night and you got no pay for it. We were all independent doctors in those days. We didn't work for a hospital. So if you're working all night long and they don't have insurance, which they don't, they're coming, they're illegals from Mexico, then you just worked all night long for nothing. Um, wow. OBGYN doctors would get tapped. We had a, when I first moved down there, this is 1995, an OBGYN doctor had three of these illegals, pregnant ladies show up because the other thing was if you, if you showed up pregnant to the, to the border, that was the rule was at that time, they had to let you through and they had to give you emergency care. So by EMTALA laws, we have to send an ambulance, whether you, right. whether you, uh, wanted or whether you, you know, deserve or can pay it not, you get an ambulance to bring you to the to our side of the border in the hospital. Now, it's not there's a big hospital right down there on the other side of the border that has free care, right? Yeah. But they realize that's not a very free care, free government care is not necessarily good care. Okay. Right, right. Well, that's where I get to my 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 most famous story. So what happened was and, and I and I've had two gunshot wounds in my life that paid paid actually actually had insurance. And this is one of them. It's unbelievable. The first one, they do have kind of, this is kind of funny, you know, sad sort of way, but they have these guys that go out with shotguns and they walk around the fields. And when they're planting, the birds come and eat the seeds. So what they want to do is they want to scare them away. And they're these guys, I don't know what they're called. There's a name for them. And they walk around with these shotguns and periodically when the flock of birds starts to land, they shoot up and then they fly away so that they don't, they don't end up eating the seed. And this guy had no real skills with a shotgun and accidentally shot himself in the foot as he was walking somewhere. That oh. guy was a workman's compensation case. I couldn't believe it. So that was, that was the, one. the other one was uh, this guy. Okay. So I get called at two in the morning, which this is the time of day this happens. There's a guy who's uh who was running, he got a green card, but apparently he was running drugs down in using his green card to running drugs across the border. And he, apparently he'd lost some drugs. I don't remember the whole thing, but the, the, somebody down there in, in uh, below the border. Now this is the Sonoran border where El Chapo's guys were running it and somebody didn't like this. And so they shot him in the foot at fairly close range with a shotgun. Well, he went to the, the Mexican free hospital and they were going to amputate his foot, but he recognized there were other options because he had a green card and he literally hot footed it to the, to the border and then demanded an ambulance. And then we brought that he came to us so I get called to come and see him. And I, I walk in the back door of the ER. And as I'm walking through, you know, uh, being a fairly astute, first of all, here's this guy. I can see him. I knew my patient because he's got a hole in the foot. <laughs> you know, he got a smoking shotgun <laughs> wound to the foot. And so, so he's, he's laying there. And then I, 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 he's, you know, 
clinically, this guy looks like a 25-year-old weightlifter Adonis. I mean, he looks like a perfect human specimen, except he's all bloodshot in the eyes. But being a fairly astute clinician, I noticed that he was, he was handcuffed to the, to the bed, and there was a federal marshal sitting next to him. So I, I go and do my thing, and I come back and see him and get the wound bandaged and get him all ready to go to the operating room, you know. And, and mm -hmm. then I go back and I'm sitting at the ER desk doing my paperwork to get him to the operating room. And I just was joking with my friend there that was the ER doctor that called me. I said, so, so let me guess, this case is insured. And I'm just laughing because I said, you know, I mean, this is a drug dealer. Come on, drug dealer, you know, across the border, gunshot wound by the cartel. This is not going to be somebody that has health insurance. And he said, actually, he is. I said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, I'm not taking care of him no matter what. And I right. do it and I treat him like I would treat anybody else. This has nothing to do with money. I'm telling you, you, you know, right. it, the, the downside is you get become exhausted. So the next day in clinic, you're not maybe as sharp as you would like to be for everybody else. But right. this is the, this is the price of uncompensated care. But anyway, that isn't the, the issue. What this I looked at him, I said, you've got to be kidding me. He says, Oh, get this. He's got Medicare. No, I said, Wait a minute. Come on now. This is a 25 year old healthy guy. And yeah. you telling me he has Medicare. Okay. And the, and and the story goes, he says, yes, five years ago, theoretically, he was in a gangland shooting and up here, his head right. got grazed and he has a, quote, seizure disorder. Now, I, I took care of this guy in the hospital for 10 days or something. He had no seizure disorder. Right. Um, and that we could identify. So, uh, so, and he shouldn't... Trust me, I know that because he was on the orthopedic service and I didn't have any seizure meds. So this, this, that's not a seizure disorder. He went through all this stress. But he, uh, but anyway, so then I said, wait a minute now. Okay. And he was on full social security disability from this seizure disorder, this non-seizure disorder. Now, just about this time, we're telling the story, the federal marshal uh, comes over and he wants to go to the operating room with me. And I, th that never happens. Usually what happens right. is they arrest people then they will unarrest them before we take them over. That way they don't have to pay the bill and then they get out and then they get rearrested. Okay. So that's usually the way the police deal with these kind of injuries. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So anyway, very honest system. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I get their point. It's their budget going down the tubes for this too. And this is a way they avoid it. It's just our budget and our lives. So anyway, right. so what happened is the, so the federal marshal's standing there and it's, I'm starting to put this all together and I'm saying, no, wait a minute. I just have to ask you something. Let me get this right. Here's a dude who's on full social security disability. So he's getting a check every month from the government. Yeah. And he's carrying a green card and he's getting across the border and he's got photo ID and stuff to get Medicare and all this. And you can't find him. You've been looking for the reason he wanted to come in the hop operating room, which they never do is because this guy was wanted on four felony warrants for, for years five years or something ever since I should, he's been wanted on four felony warrants and they couldn't pick him up. And I said, and you can't find him. And he, he's this, here. <laughs> yeah. This federal marshal looked at me like, you know, what turnip truck did you just fall off of? I mean, basically the, the federal government has made it illegal to trace anybody on their social security check or any government check. What? That is, this is a true story. I wrote this story up. I sent, the, there's more to this too. I sent this story up and I sent it to John Kyle, who was my senator at the time. And I'm in clinic, you know, a month later and I get this call and my office manager says, uh, doc, uh, John Kyle's office is on the phone. Senator Kyle's office is on the phone. He goes, oh yeah, I know what that's about. And they, they asked me, they said, is this story true? I said, every word. I said, and it's not the only story. This is just the most egregious one. Cause I put in the letter, 
I would have rather, excuse my French, I put this in the letter to Senator Kyle. I said, I would have rather taken care of this shit bag for free than to find out that my taxpayers are paying for his social security disability and Medicare. For I mean, that's sure. really what I wrote to him. And they were reforming Medicare. Of course, it didn't get reformed. Now, here's the other thing about this. Let's suppose you have, at our hospital, there were 17 hospitals on the border that had a gag order. So if you saw somebody that was theoretically you thought was illegal, that you'd come, you know, whether they'd, what, even if they got shot in a criminal event, apparently, mm-hmm. you could not report it. Okay. Now, one night I was there and some guy had run through a plate glass window escaping the police and they thought he was, and he was, it left blood behind. So the police knew he was injured. They came to the ER. They said, hey, we were chasing this guy that robbed this convenience store or whatever. And uh, we didn't catch him, but he, he probably cut up pretty bad. <laughs> we think he's got glass cuts on him. If you see somebody like that, let us know. Well, guy shows up. He's got, you know, glass fragments embedded in all these wounds all over him. And he's given a fake name to the nurses. They figure this out. They call the police. They take care of him. But then he gets arrested, right? If he were illegal, we could not have done that. So these laws are only to catch Americans, but the illegals get a pass. Right. Like they're getting a pass on everything else right now. Yeah. So 17 hospitals, it was Brownsville, Texas, and all down this borderline. That ha- that's the word. And the reason is because they don't want the poor illegals not to, not to feel comfortable getting the medical care they need. Oh okay. Now, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic to the problem. And I will tell you, this is 1998, for example. Uh, I take, took care of people on the, that were working on the border, that were border patrol agents, police, you know, sheriffs, deputies, that kind of thing. And here's the, what they told me. They said 80% of those times, 80% of the people coming across the border are just nice. You know, they're, they're peasants. They just want to have an extra a good, a good life. You know, they want to have something right. more for their families. But 20% are the worst criminals you'll ever see. And in right. those days, it was cost, in those days, it was $1,500 to get a coyote to take you across the border if you were one of the low level people. That's still a lot of money for a, a Mexican you know, farm worker, but it was, but it was $60,000 for some of these high price smugglies. And guess who they were at the time? It was Saudis and Chinese. Wow. You know, you got to ask yourself, this was before yeah. 9-11. So anyway, but, but whatever. Well, I remember in the nineties. Yeah. The, the, there yeah. were some like near where I grew up, actually, they had set up shop. A right. bunch of Saudis and Chinese. There, that's right. There were a bunch of strange. So, so that's what's that's what's going on. And and this is what I'm telling you is it's not about guns at the border. That's not what we need. What we need are correct use of the. Here, the other thing is the 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 you know and and forgetting all the diseases and everything that are coming across affecting our blood supply and everything else. And the, and the child trafficking. I'm not saying that's not happening. It's absolutely oh, yeah. happening. But, yeah. the, but the, we're not going to stop it by these showy things at Eagle Pass. What we're going to do is stop it by demanding that the laws be changed, that the border be secured where the border is correctly. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to offer everybody asylum or, or otherwise we are going to be the asylum for the entire world. If that's what yeah. you, that's, that's an easy way to take us down. And that's what's happening. That is, I think, exactly by, yeah, by design. I mean, that's what they did in right. Europe. And I think that now they're working here. Uh, when you're talking about this, uh, how if they're on social security, they can't be um, arrested. I, I almost wonder if there is some sort of scam going on where they're intentionally giving them social security so that they can continue well, that's, and, that's, and they can be assets. I mean, See, that's I don't another, know, that's but... another reason I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't think you're far off of that. I, I can't help but think that the cartel is funding this operation in lots of ways. So first of all, I can tell you there's medical clinics along the border that are getting lots of government grants. 
lots of government grants. And then they're going out, they're helping transport people in buses to, you know, other places north and other places yeah. after they do medical screenings on them. Um, and, and, and I can tell you in the San Luis area, there are all these houses being built. I mean, it, since I've been down there and, and in just when I went down this tour with some friends, it was like in the last two years, these houses have just cropped up. And these are like a nice city suburban tract uh, home area, right? So the houses are close together. There's not a lot of landscaping, but they're big houses and they're, and they're, they go on and on and on. I mean, it's a huge development going on down there, but there's no businesses in San Luis that could possibly support this. They are not, these are not people that are supporting those houses working in that area. There's not, that's not what's going on. So I'm going to tell you, whatever's going on, it has nothing to do with legitimate, normal things that we would, that would normal cause city growth. Okay. So that's, that's because this is a very small area and it's just, my picture, I wish I had some pictures. I have pictures in my phone yet, but it's just a desert. It's just, you can see all the, 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 the creosote, big, big creosote areas on either side of the road and then you see all these huge housing developments so there's no that's not like they're big factories or shops or anything right okay? yeah so yeah um yeah it's been the, the border's been a problem for a very long time yeah. but i can't help but think i was skeptical when i when suddenly you know the governors all started looking great yep. for doing this you know and governor abbott starts looking like actually might actually have a backbone and he's, he's world economic forum guy and no, suddenly, he's uh, really, yeah. he's all for border security. He's yeah, had suddenly, it all this time to do something, and now right. all of suddenly sudden, he's the big hero. No, uh, no. Uh, you know, now, I think it's a trap. I think it's a huge trap. I do I too. And it's and it's could dist- What is it? What do you think it's distracting us from? Because I, what I tell you is, the the deep state are the kings of distraction, and so they're doing this at Eagle Pass to distract us from what, what I think is really going on. Is what I just told you is it's all yeah. asylum seeking. It's getting people legally across the border that shouldn't be here to go everywhere and uh, be set up to, to uh, take us down. I think. Well, I think that's, I, I definitely think we're being used for body part trafficking. Yeah. Being murdered I, I and think, put into our food. Yeah. I, I think that's a huge part of it. I do think that the distraction element is absolutely uh, a huge part of it, but I also think that they're, they're trying to set up a couple of traps. So right after this, of course, then like, what was it? 26 states signed on board uh, to support Abbott. And uh, they, of course, Texas starts talking about secession. And so now you only need 30, I think it's 36 states for a constitutional convention. So now that puts that potentially up on the, on the table again. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, that's the end of America. If you do a constitutional convention of states, I don't care the names that are behind it. It's really really wrong. I think it's a huge trap. And I, I, and then right after that, you also heard, you started hearing about national divorce that became like a, you know, slogan and a hashtag. And I don't think that was uh, like organic. I think that that's being uh, contrived. And I think it's intentional to balkanize just at the time when we need more than anything to unify. I'm not saying we have to agree with everything that, you know, the blue crazy cities are doing or, you know, but we need to unify. The more divided we become, the more power they have to destroy you know, us as a nation state and that's what they want, you know, the, 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 the so, So, and I, I think that's what it's all about. But I absolutely think you're right about the distraction from, they want to flood. They've done this in Europe. You know, this was the whole destruction of borders there, the whole uh, Islamification of the, uh, of the West. They, they, and it was an intentional plan. 
And I, I'm not, this is not, you know, taking sides. That, but this was, but if you read the intelligence documents, I mean, they said that they were going to do this because they knew that it would be a way to subvert Western civilization. And now right. they're, they're doing it here. And you don't have to, you, you don't, you're, what your point is, you don't have to pick sides between saying, oh, the Mexicans are bad and the Americans are good. That's right. not what the point here is. Or the, or the but, but, but yeah. a 20-year-old Mexican or Peruvian or El Salvadorian didn't grow up here. Well, yeah. our kids aren't learning the Constitution either. But at one time, <laughs> yeah. you know, at this point in time, the reason that they, they can't- They don't have an allegiance here. Down, they send the money back and they're, they're just, yeah. Right. But they here's the point. At this point in time, there's still enough of us alive that actually understand constitutional liberties and are willing to fight for mm -hmm. it and we're armed. Okay. They can't have that and take over America. So how are you going to do it? You flood America. First of yep. all, you vaccinate America with a toxic yep. vaccine that has a death rate that is still going up and we don't know how where it's going to go. We don't know yeah. how many people are ultimately going to be taken out by this and sterilized by this. So we're in a demographic attack on our on our on our people. And yep. we are the people that have and, and especially the old people that had corporate memory about liberty and the Constitution. So right. you get rid of all of us. And you bring in these replacement population that are on, yep. they don't care about the vaccines exactly right. and these people coming across, right? They're not no. getting vaccinated and now they can buy guns. So are you kidding me? So now they're coming across and they are, and they don't have, it's not, it's not an intrinsic difference between them and us as human beings because we're all yeah. the same and that's the point is that they don't want us to understand that we shouldn't be fighting about skin color race religion yeah. any of that stuff but they do not have the american understanding they don't exactly. understand how to preserve the liberty of this country and they're going to replace all of us with all of them and they're going to yep. have a slave race that is what's going to go on here we yep. have to be really honest that's what's going on and that's the plan i mean they've been pretty clear about that and they want to uh you know, that, that that whole notion, this is, you know, when you look at the, the incrementalism, right, you know, the Fabian social incrementalist uh, plan, they, they started with the, the melting pot because they knew that if people were to retain their own culture, that it would be much easier to subvert. So they wanted everybody to just kind of blend and assimilate because you destroy all the boundaries, then what does it mean to be American? Nobody's going to defend that. So... That was actually part of the plan. It was a slow, you know, progression. And now they just flood them in. They want to destroy, you know, any semblance of what it means to be American. And right. I, I think they're they're achieving that. They that their goal is to they and they talk, I mean, when you read these papers, they talk about it all the time, you know, that America's not gonna exist anymore. And now it's become very popular. I and by popular I don't mean uh, you know, a likable argument. I just mean it's become a very uh, publicized and promulgated. Right. And you hear it from, you know, the World Economic Forum. If you read the UN document, you know, all of these, uh, you know, kind of symposiums that they have, they talk about how America is not going to be a superpower anymore. They're going to be subverted. They talk about having remnants of uh, nation states. It's just going to be power blocks. And that's why they were trying for so long with that North America Treaty. Treaty Association, yeah. yeah. Well, did, have you seen the, the movie, the, the Man in the White Castle? Or the man in the high castle. No, it's it's about it's about um it's really a good it's not a movie it's a it's a TV show it's a it's two, oh, okay. two it was two seasons, but it's essentially the idea that time that that there are two competing timelines going on and one we win okay. World War Two and in one the Germans and the Japanese win World War Two, right. and you, the movie is in that timeline 
where you have America is now split into three areas, kind of what you're talking about. They have the European theater of interest is on the East Coast. Yeah, the man in the high castle. It's worth watching. And the guys on the East Coast, they are all under the German Nazi regime now, which has taken over Europe and the East Coast to the the Mississippi River, I think. Hmm. And then you have the West Coast is uh, run by Japan and the emperor and uh, the, the, the essentially the militarized Japanese society on the West Coast. And then in, you have a big central no man's land of the Midwest where people are still, you know, armed and dangerous. Yeah. Okay? And, <laughs> yeah. and although you're technically not supposed to do certain things and you can't, you still have to be careful, you're more free to uh, be there. And, and in theory, this whole, I won't tell you the, the, the actual point of the movie, but that's a part of it. And so mm-hmm. that is what this is looking like there that we're coming to possibly, you know, in my, you know, that, yeah, you know, the joke about and it's not a joke is about if we're going to b- build a border wall, we used to I, people would say to me when I lived down in Arizona, I say, how is it living on the border? And I said, which one, the California one or the <laughs> Mexican one? And honestly, financially, the California one was actually worse because they oh, would yeah. just spend all their uninsured for us to take care of for free. Oh, yeah. And they and they never in 20 years, the hospital nor the doctors never ever got paid by Californians coming across for their their emergency care. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's unbelievable. So and you've had yeah. the citizenship for the undocumented join the military. Wow. Um, oh, this is interesting. Here we go. Oh, by joining the military. Oh, yeah, yeah. by joining the military. And remember, that's what exactly happened in Rome. Years ago, I read, read, uh, what was the famous book on the decline and fall of the Roman Empire? 12 volumes or something. Oh, I'm blanking. The the famous book. I haven't thought about it lately, but but the classic, classic text. And and it was the 12 things that happened. One of them was that the Germanic tribes were asked, by the, became part of the Roman army to, to guard them, the Roman empire against the Germanic tribes. It doesn't really work well. <laughs> that was the final <laughs> common fall. No conflict of interest there. Yeah, no, that's just not a good idea. No. Uh, that's well, I, well, at one time, I and I don't know if they were Russian or Ukrainian, but one time I, I thought they were Russian. They were speaking Russian because I actually said something to them in Russian. I went down to a wedding down in Mexico. A friend of mine uh, married this gal and they were having a big Mexican wedding. And, um, we went down in a van with a bunch of us and, um, I had, my boys were little at the time and they had their blue blazers on and they had all the pins from all of our travels all over the world. I mean, we, they had little, uh, you know, those, those like, I don't know, lapel pins and they had them all in there. That was their, all over their jackets. And Ew. we got pulled up to the border and they just asked us to roll because we're in a van asked us to roll the windows down and we're sitting in the back. The boys are kind of asleep and and late at night. And this guy comes up and he starts speaking in Russian to see if the boy, I think it was to see if the boys would answer. And I just said, you know, in my Russian and, and he, he, uh, he, and then I said, why are you speaking to them in Russian? And he said, well, where, you know, where did you get all, because we had pins from, we had been in, in, uh, in, um, in uh, Moscow and we had, you know, on a cruise and we'd been on a Baltic cruise. So we had all these pins from the Eastern Block, Right. Right. And so he, uh, so that's, and they had, but why do they have Russian 
speaking people down yeah. on the border in you know in that in that sector so that was exact that's exactly what happened so who knows and and there's no question you know the other point i'm going to say i think is a distraction speaking of that okay. is this whole idea that you know i i i give i give a lot of credit to sound of freedom and now mm -hmm. there's one, and I blank it on the name of it. It's come out about Iowa sex trafficking. My state is the number third from the top of sex trafficking in the country because wow. our laws have been so bad about, you know, taking people down. But sure. it's all about running bodies and people that are watching porn and people that are contributing to it by, you know, having sex with underage children. I'm, I, this, it's all horrible stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but I don't think that's really the, I think they're letting that be put out because they don't want you to realize what the real game is. Where are these people actually all going? Where are all the people? I don't see a lot of people walking around in America other than down there. So where are they really going? And I'm going to tell you the big money is body parts. Right. How many people are we? It's not just about sex trafficking. It's that when the sex trafficked children and, and people are used up, they're converted to body parts and sold on the black market to black transplantologists and they're parted out. And what's the remnant meat going to? I mean, how much meat, you know, I, you know, I hate to say this, this is really, really uh, distressing to me to say this, but I honestly think every major food manufacturing, meat manufacturing, processing plant ought to be tested for human meat, the concentration of human meat. Yeah. So I like just bring... think they ought to. I think they have a way of doing that, and they claim they do because they shut down a couple of McDonald's for yeah. finding unacceptable. No, so they I can. Think it ought to they be done on all the plants. Plants. They absolutely can. They can DNA because something isn't right here, and I don't think it has anything to do. Most of it, you know, drugs. We used to think drugs was the big money on the border, right? right? You know, and, and I started thinking about this when, when El Chapo was arrested. Now, I used to go ride my bicycle to that KFC that they subsequently shut down. And they found all these tunnels, this tunnel system running into Mexico. Right. Why do you need tunnels? We can, they can get drugs. They got drugs across airplanes. They got, look at, you know, Mena, Arkansas. They had yeah. all this stuff going on. They don't yeah. need tunnels to run drugs. What are tunnels for? It's for people. And yeah. so there's a reason that El Chapo is in the big supermax, and, or if he's if he's still alive, and is not saying a word. You never. How quick did they shut him up? Very quick. Very quickly. It wasn't John Gotti talking from his cell, you know. And the few people like his wife tried to go up and help him, and it was just like boom, new, news blacked down. No, you know, here's the biggest name guy to be arrested in a long time. You would have thought the news would have been all over that interviewing him and everything. No, 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 no. He he got about ten words out, and then he was shut down. Because he would have told the real story here, I think. And right. I think this is, and I'm kind of nervous about saying this. I just think this is a big problem. And I don't think it's, the big the big money is not, if drugs are at the bottom. Then it's, you know, child trafficking or, mm -hmm. or people trafficking, then child right. sex trafficking. For both and sex then, and slave work. Right, for both. sex yeah. and slave work. And then there's body parts and then there's adrenochrome and blood yeah. blood products and adrenochrome. That's at the top. I, and, and, you know, for people who question, because a lot of people just really will not believe that that's real, but I've heard firsthand stories of people who have been uh, witnessed or people who have come from literally satanic. I'm not saying like people who, regardless of what your worldview is, these are people whose families actually worship Satan. So, you know, whether you believe it's real or not, these are people whose families, that's right. what they are Satan. You don't have to believe it, um, they do. Yeah. Um, but but the but I've heard firsthand stories from people who come from these uh, bloodlines who uh, have been you know they've been forced to be a part of an adrenochrome like uh, you know production essentially 
And so it's it's real. I you know well, whether or not it's real on the scale, right. and that's just claims, one, but it, it does happen. Well, that's true. And and look at just the blood processing. Okay, yeah. years ago, this was out of Arkansas when the Clintons were like he was lieutenant governor. Yeah. They were using the prisoners in Arkansas to donate blood for these for the Red Cross. Now, my mother used to to do that. She used to be a nurse and she would take the blood for the Red Cross doing her civic duty. She thought she was doing something really good, which I'm right. not saying it's not good to give blood to help people in the hospital, but that's sure. not what's happening. Why don't we have just hospital donation? Why can't I go to my local hospital? No, it has to be through this big central thing and they have to do it. And it turns out they were taking that blood and out of Arkansas in these prisons and they were selling it all over the world. And it was it, the, the apparently Native Americans have a have a I think it's a negative blood or something. There's a lot of a negative yeah, blood or something. Rare. It's very rare, whatever it is. It's rare yeah. and it's very expensive. And they were capitalizing on that, on that and they were selling it all over. Unfortunately, prisoners have a tendency to have diseases. And so that was turning, it got to be a big scandal. This is all verifiable. You can go back in the records and look at this up in Canada when they shut down the Red Cross for a while, they did all this stuff because it was a big scandal. But then what happened is once it was not being done overtly, Native Americans start disappearing. So what I'm telling you is, this is not just about adrenochrome. It's about other blood products. It's big yeah. money in blood. Look at this. Look at these creepy, now actual scientific papers, how if you infuse yourself with young people's blood, you will live longer, significantly yeah. longer, and you'll be younger looking. Right. This is what's going on all over the world. And I will tell you, we have pictures in Ukraine of the of the Chorny Transplantologia. These are transplantologists. These are the black transplantologists. Okay. Wow. And these are the guys that are taking the body parts out of near dead Ukrainian soldiers because there will, that's a big thing. How much of this war is to get body parts out of near dead Ukrainian soldiers? So if you don't think it's happening, the Mitch Gerber, we should have Mitch Gerber on sometime. Mitch Gerber, okay. he's, a, he's a truly dangerous dude. He lived 20 some years plus on the, on the Chinese border. And he's been trying to save the Falun Gong from being body harvested for 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 organ harvesting. So what the Chinese do is they they actually have these big, uh, and I think it's coming apart now. So the, I may be speaking in the past tense, but okay. this is a few years ago. I can tell you, um, they have these big buildings that they house people in. They're like FEMA camps. Think FEMA camps. They mm -hmm. look, uh, growing up and living in Iowa, you know, with these, these, now that we have these big commercial hog processing things, they look like a hog confinement, except they don't have the big fans on them, right? Because mm -hmm. humans can bathe, I guess. So anyway, they, they have, they have these big buildings and they routinely round up a certain percentage of the Uyghurs, a certain percentage of the Falun Gong, certain percentage of the Christians, certain percentage of different groups, right? That they don't like. And they put them in these, these encampments. And while they're in there, let's say you're a guy in Britain and you need a new liver. You fly over to China, you go to one of these big hospitals that have been new, newly built and you, um, yes, thank you so much. Wow. That is exact human, there's human events catching on. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, so they, they do this, uh, so they, they bring you into the hospital, they, they type and blood cross you and they, they figure out oh, we got a match over there, this Falun Gong guy over there in that building. And then they bring him in and they, and they do live harvesting of whatever organ you want. Wow. That's, That's what's going very on. Very disturbing. Yeah. Okay. 50. Now, and people can mix. So think about the drug costs. Okay. I get it. There's, yeah. there's a lot of money in drugs, but think about $50,000 minimum for each of your body parts, your organs. So right. you can do, you know, you got two liver, you got liver, two kidneys, your heart, your lungs, 
Yeah. You know, who knows well, what else they're doing? And when you talk about it being put in the food, I mean, the predictive programming, soil and green, right? Right. And then see that this is the issue now that what they can't do is they can have nothing, no use for your muscle. So what do they do with the rest of it? And we've heard people remember Rabbi Finkelstein. What was his name? Uh, Abe Finkelstein in New York. He was bragging about this. He was talking about, you know, not getting it go to waste, putting it in the in the beat. And nobody believed him. But then later, this whole thing, McDonald's came out. Right. Like, what are we talking about here, people? So, oh, so it's good. being run, and Ukraine is the center of it. Ukraine um, seems to be the center of. Yeah, it, there's yeah. three places that's a triad: it's Israel, Ukraine, and China. Right. And here's the good news. And Mitch didn't when Mitch when I last talked to him. That's what I'm saying. I may be talking past tense because right. I would like to think that we're bringing this system down. I think this when te when Trump said that this is, um, you know, whatever you think about Trump, the first thing he said when he came into office that I thought was just crazy. Like, what do we care about this? Is my administration is going to go after sex trafficking? Well, now yeah. I know what he's talking about. See, it's not about it's not what we think of when we think of sex trafficking. That's what my thinking. Right. That's kind of. It's about this body part trafficking, too. And that's the big money. But what Mitch told me is this whole bubble in the real estate in China, it's not really a housing bubble. It's a hospital bubble because these hospitals are now not filling. Now, maybe they're just overbuilt, but maybe they're emptying out because somebody's somebody's taken down the traffickers. I've heard well, stories that, that the old great. families are taking it back. Yeah. So who knows? But if that's happening. That's a good sign. It would be great. Either that or it's going like underground, independent. Well, that's the problem. But I think this is, but I don't think so. And I think this is why I think that the the proximate cause of the Russians going into Ukraine is, and, and essentially into, they were just going into the Donbass, was to save their own people from being shelled because they'd been being shelled since 2014 by rockets from the, yeah. from the Eastern, from the Western Ukrainians into Donbass because mm -hmm. they, the, and they want to murder the Russian speaking people in Ukraine. Well, they, that's the proximate reason they went in. But I got to say, now that they're there, I think there's a lot more going on. And I think the fight over Solidar and Bakhmut and that whole area, there are these huge, see that Solidar is the big underground salt tunnels. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of tunnels underneath there. And that's yeah. where they have, the, I have a picture somewhere on my, on my uh, computer of a guy going down into one of these where there were all these plastic sheets and mm -hmm. he, 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 whether it was by accident, this guy is a Ukrainian soldier saying, get out of here, get out of here. And he has a picture of this and they were, they were harvesting bodies on the, they, there was a surgeon harvesting a guy on the, on the table. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there, that's why I know it's, it's real. Yeah. No, I don't doubt it's real. I, yeah, I hope that it is being stopped, but what's going on right now with the border, I agree with you. I think it's a show and I think it's a big trap, you know, and I, uh, you know, the difference between, uh, we were talking about this actually, like the difference between, uh, you know, the J6 trap is that there wasn't another time. It's not like there was another uh, election to contest. You know, that was a one-time kind of event. So I, I, I might include it, fell for that. But this is like, I mean, how much time that you're talking about decades ago. Right. It's been going on I for mean, a long time. Suddenly this is a, a crisis. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not right? I'm not saying that it's not a problem. It's absolutely a problem. I just it, it's a problem, but not the one they're I'm, telling us it is. Yeah. And well, the question and is, what do we do about this asylum problem? I mean, this is the we have to stop the asylum problem. How do we, we do that? The asylum problem. Are you talking about the, the lack of asylums or no, the fact that they're all coming in asking for asylum. Oh, so oh the, the migrants. We don't yeah. have, 
there's this isn't a fight for them to get across the border. They just walk across because yeah. of our asylum policy. Yes. And I don't well, know. The that's legal by design. That. I don't think they want to change that. That's that's by design. That's that's that, part right. Why I know. That's the problem we have. Yeah. But, but I yeah. think we need to call out. You know, I I quite frankly, this is why I don't know if we're going to vote our way out of this because yeah. even if every if every American called their senator today and said stop the asylum program, I don't know where asylum is. I don't think it's any kind of constitutional guarantee that we have to grant asylum. I think I that's something that has been, I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm interested in the legal yeah. aspect. I don't know where the law comes. I know what it kind of says, but I, I don't know where it actually, the authority comes from. Right. Um, I don't and, see but even if we all called them, it wouldn't stop. So what are we going to do? That's the question. Right. Well, and I think it's interesting when you talk about the trafficking, because, uh, you know, now I'm thinking about like a predictive programming in the movie. So the sound of freedom was pretty recent and got a huge publicity. And, I, you know, I'm glad that it brought attention to the, the problem. That's great. But, you know, because I've interviewed so many, you know, traffic survivors, like most of the time it's in their backyard. It's not across the border and like some international kind of espionage case. It's not this very right. uh, removed, fantastical. And again, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Well, and that's what they, that's what I got out of the Sound of Freedom. Honestly, I did learn that. I learned, I mean, I knew about the Super Bowl and stuff like that. But the reason that this guy last lost his children, he took his daughter to be, to be uh, a model. It was an, mm -hmm. it was a modeling call for children. See, and I wouldn't have thought of that one. So and that, that does, was, it does yeah. happen, but a lot of times that happens locally. It's not like an international rig. And I really think that that was kind of trying to point the, the finger elsewhere. Like it's not here. Like the, that's a problem that's removed. Right. Right. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it I, did spend a lot of time in the jungle and the whole bit like that. So, yeah. yeah. And so the movie, I want to say it's Grinder. It's, I, I should, I should, I should look this up. I should know this, but it just, they did, they made it in Iowa and it does show the problems oh. in Iowa and, and that's gotten really good uh, reception. Okay. And it, it people, you know, I mean, I, I noticed when I was doing some locum tenens work, I said, where are all these Ukrainians in, in Nebraska? You know, <laughs> that was years ago. I said, why are these, why are these guys in Nebraska? Oh, that's they, weird. They're not, they don't appear to be working. Like they're not farm workers. What are they doing here? What were they doing? Really, yeah, well, I don't know. Now I think they were uh, sex trafficking, probably, or something. Oh, that's possible. You know, I, I figured it was Ukrainian mob, but I wasn't quite sure. It's like MS-13. You know where they used to be headquartered? I don't know if they still are. I think that's gone now, but, they, you know, they go in fads. But it was headquartered in Omaha, Nebraska. There was a big special about it in, in what used to be the old, you know, uh, Irish and Polish neighborhoods when I was growing up in South Omaha. Now it was, then it became all the Mexican neighborhoods and it was particularly not just Mexicans. The, the Mexicans are still there, but these MS-13 guys moved in with their machetes and stuff. And for a while it was a big problem. And now it seems to have either calmed down or gone away. But okay. the reason I heard on this special anyway, they were talking about, they said, because it's centrally located, good workforce in Nebraska, you know, it's just like good, good place to distribute things from. I thought, yeah, just like, just like that's why, uh, you know, other places are coming here. Google has a big center and stuff, you know. That's interesting. Yeah. Migrant so, crisis overflows tax funded shelters in Detroit and migrant to private homes. Yeah. Yeah. It's now, the Irish and the British are standing up against the private home stuff. Are they? Yeah, there's there's and 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 this is just but if it comes to us, I can't forget that it, it's illegal to quarter troops in your house. 
the government can't remember. That's the whole thing about yeah. the British were quartering troops in the, yep. so that's, that's why we have that part of our constitution. So I, I think it's going to become useful again. <laughs> you know. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. it's, hopefully things are being taken down. I feel like a lot more is coming to the surface for sure. Yes. Uh, I didn't get to see the, the Super Bowl halftime. Um, I usually, wasn't that this weekend? Yeah, I, no, I, I no, I don't think it's, was, I was enough? gone. I was, I was in surgery. I know, right? No, I, just, I thought it, well, I don't know. If I missed I'll the Super look Bowl, it up. I, but I usually Bowl. like to watch it just to see what Shows they're going to How big sports fans we are, right? Uh, yeah. Well, well, I, well, I never watched the game, sports. but I like to watch the, uh, the halftime. Half but I did see two movies recently, and I actually just did a show on the movie Poor Things. And uh, that Poor was C O R E, Poor? Poor, like P O R. Yeah, Poor Things, which was like an Oscar darling. It's already been nominated for 11 Oscars. And uh, then we went to see Argyle. And Argyle was interesting because uh, I, I won't give too much away if, if people want to see it because it's pretty new. But um, MK Ultra was pretty front row center. And they, they actually called it MK Ultra. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was. And what's, the what's the basic idea of the movie? What's Argyle about? She's a writer who writes about a spy. So it's an espionage thriller. And she's on like the fifth book. And she's struggling with the last chapter. And then she, there's all these plot twists where you find out like she's part of it and then, or maybe she might be predicting it and they kind of lead you. I, I won't give the whole thing away, but um, yeah. So that's kind of the, um, the, the premise behind it, but they, but MK ultra is front row center. Yeah. I mean, they, they no. call it MK ultra and it's a, and it's like a switch and it is the government that's doing it. So I thought oh, that was here's the question that pertains to this and the, and the child trafficking, how old on, you know, for, for the, for the, I mean, I kind of, I know how the Babylonian religion does it, but how yeah. old do you have to be? What do they, who do they choose for the MK ultra program? I mean, are these bloodline people? Are they, do they have to be of a certain genetics or are they, and what age do they have to be? Or can it be anybody at any age? I thought, I thought you had to be like, like un, way under six i thought you had to be like near like one, two or three or something not necessarily i mean there were several types of mk ultra studies and in fact some of them were people who went in seeking medical help and oftentimes for things that were very benign like i have a headache and they went in and they claimed that these people were so far gone like a lot of times when you uh read the the document they say oh well they were you know, like a, such a, like a mental case. And so we thought we'd do this experiment because, you know, if it helps, it helps great. And if it, if not, you know, they were already so far gone. They were there for a headache. <laughs> yeah. But, but when you talk to the uh, victim's children, that's what they'll tell you. Oh yeah. My mom went in for a headache. Like, oh yeah. Um, and I, I have talked to some of these people and uh, we, we have some videos of it and they, yeah, they were literally like, yeah, my mom went in for a headache and then got MK Ultra. Like, so that's so so presumably that's what Mengele gave them was the his studies were showing that you could do it on older people because that was the he was codifying what the yep. what the, the this so, what they call what we call Satanism the satanic ritual abuse was about. Abuse, yeah. But he, huh? But he medicalized modern technology yeah. applied it, to it exactly. But when you're talking about the younger, uh, you know, MK Ultra. Uh, the, the people who were younger, who they were doing studies on, a lot of that was from Project Monarch. 
So they were specifically recruiting, uh, you know, inter- people, children with intergenerational trauma, uh, children who had in utero trauma were, uh, you know, more desirable for the project. Um, they they did IQ testing. So uh, because they. So this wanted- is more of the bloodline. Yes. The Illuminati kind of stuff going on. Because they really wanted to uh, trigger dissociative personality disorders. Um, and that was a huge component. And people with an IQ of over 120 are more likely to dissociate. But people who have previous trauma, intergenerational trauma, and utero trauma are also more likely. So those well, are some things they were of, selecting for. And right, younger. And satanic ritual abuse in these, in these generational mm-hmm. families, these yeah. Illuminati families, is to, is to traumatize the baby in u- utero. Yep. That's, a, that's a thing now. So. Um, well, and this comes from the ancient mystery schools, right? right so the tactics are not new. They've just, the technology is advanced and they've medicalized it, codified it, and, uh, you know, created the, these protocols, you know, right. modeled after right. it. Yeah, they've refined it. I mean, it's really it. hard to believe, but see, that, that also explains, I mean, you know, and, and Taylor Swift, we can't get away from Taylor Swift. I mean, I know. The, 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 my favorite meme this week was, the, the groundhog comes out and sees his shadow, which means we got two more years of Taylor Swift. But it's <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh! Like- some, yeah, I was going to say somebody in my gym this morning was like, I don't know if you think about like if you believe in conspiracy theories, and they start talking about Taylor Swift. I'm like, it's not a theory. Like literally, the NATO uh, Center for, of Excellence like did a whole presentation on using her, and they said they were doing it because they had already used her before, so she was a prime candidate. Right. Yeah. It's not mean, a theory. <laughs> it's not a theory. I mean, you know, uh, so, and I'm going to, pre- I'm going to, yeah, I was going to, if, if the Super Bowl hasn't happened, I said, bet, I was, I was going to bet on the Chiefs because, no, it's know, next weekend, February I think 11th. It's next weekend. Well, it's still a good bet, I think. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, February I 11th. Know, I don't know what's going on now. I, I really thought that the sacrifice of Devon Hamlin or DeMar Hamlin was going to be the Bills are going to win the first Super Bowl ever. So I was going to put 100 bucks on the Bills, but I, I missed that window. So, glad i didn't i was wrong about that <laughs> i'm still saying it was a sacrifice but there was something else somebody else up the ante somebody got a bigger sacrifice or something and this may be the this may be the taylor swift maybe have come in here and done something i don't know but it's just I too coincidental know. but you look at somebody like her and all i'm saying is look at all the symbolism i mean madonna yeah. is one you know oh gosh, she's like an illuminati billboard and we got all this Hollywood stuff with the pro- the Project Monarch, all the butterflies everywhere. Well, not Taylor Swift's recent video with the the Ouroboros around the microphone. I mean, it was a literal Ouroboros. I like, know in your face. <laughs> yeah, so so people can say it's all conspiracy theory, but the symbolism is just too overwhelming, especially yeah. of the of the reptilian stuff. But. Yeah you know, of all this stuff. I mean, the pyramid, the all seeing eye, the, the, you know, even, do you know that the RX symbol, you know where that comes from? Where? The RX is the eye of Horus. Oh yeah. It, yeah. You know, so, you know, pharmacaea. pharmacaea. It's been used yeah. forever. It's all, we ought to do something on that sometime, the whole thing on symbolism. Something. We should. Yeah. My favorite one is uh, the Alpha Romeo symbol of the serpent eating the baby and they're saying, Oh no, this, the baby's overcoming the serpent. No, look at those. So you go back and I've got a, I've just got a collection of them from the time Alpha Romeo was founded. It's always been this, but now they're putting it on the center of the driving wheel. You know, your steering wheel center now has the, that you have to look at this oh. flailing baby being eaten by a serpent. Yeah. Good, good deal. That's 
very disturbing. <laughs> very disturbing. They're such pretty cars, too. But yeah, very disturbing. They are, but not, not them. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, there. Well, I, she, I've done some investigating in her family, too, and they're all like, uh, big banking connections i i haven't found the direct connection but somebody was saying that she's uh related to uh one of the original federal reserve uh creators I, I heard that too yeah yeah you don't yeah there it is tell me that baby's overcoming the serpent no <laughs> oh my gosh the serpent's eating the baby and this varies you know it gets more modern and less modern depending on which one you look at but they're all that yes thank you that is fabulous yep yep Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I've never gotten one. I've written <laughs> in one. We don't want an Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Yeah. I will not yeah. be getting one ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, the thing with Taylor Swift that gets We're not me sponsored by Alfa Romeo, by the way, and probably never will obviously. be. <laughs> um, but the thing that gets me about like Taylor Swift and some of the others is when you look throughout history, we have all of this verifiable evidence of like basically, you know, I don't know what else, like sex espionage, you know, these uh, assets who are being used. Honeypots. Yeah, honeypots, exactly. We have this like all throughout history. And then when it's in real time, people say, that's crazy. You're just a crazy conspiracy theorist. Like, so they just stopped all of that? That, that They've been doing that for how long? Like since the beginning of time, essentially. And suddenly like, oh, in modern day, yeah, no, that I, I'm crazy. That's just a crazy theory. Well, you know, my favorite <laughs> one like that, uh, speaking of, I, and I can't prove this and, and, you know, this is their public officials. I can make this comment. Look at Mitch McConnell's wife. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think she married him for his good looks or his sparkling <laughs> personality. I think that, but her father just happens to be the major big shipping magnet uh, for uh, Evergreen. Isn't that the big thing, the one that got caught in the Suez Canal and they found children on it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah, no, that's her father. So she just happens to be married to the, uh, the, the, the what used to be the senior guy in the Senate. So really? Uh, again, these are not by accident. No, 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 no. I, I don't think they are. Well, all right. So do we have a plan for next week? Um, We don't, but before we do next week, we should probably do our sponsors. Absolutely. Our store. Right. Uh, I don't know if we have the uh, clips to pull up, but rncstore.com and the codes are dangerous. And uh, of course, the brave TV dot store. And yeah, there we go. rncstore.com. And uh, yeah, I take my advertisements every day. Um, How many are you taking? I take three. That's what, okay. it, that's what it says. And I'll probably build up, but I figured start with three. That's what it says on the okay. back. Uh, I like the taste of them, but I know people say that they're. Oh, I'm bitter. okay with them too. They're okay, okay. and I like yeah. something crunchy to chew on, so it kind of is a safe thing that you can chew yes. on that's crunchy rather than a cracker. You know, I so. like crunchy too. So. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know what's going on with the bars, but we're we're figuring we're still out. Hoping. <laughs> we're still hoping. Yes, and then uh, our brave dot store, and uh, the code there is dangerous as well. And uh, yeah, so we have all sorts of supplements and the parasite cleanse. Did, did he send that to you? Are you starting that? The, I haven't started. No, I haven't done no, that yet. Were, yeah. Anything. yeah, yeah, I haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. I I've done Cellcore uh, parasite cleanse before, and I I really like it. I think it's great. Okay. Um, you know, because I've done ones where I've had uh, Herxheimer responses before, and those are not fun. These no. I definitely noticed stuff, but it wasn't. 
it wasn't that. This, this is a general way to get started. And then if you need exactly. more, you can always do the, the, uh, the protocol I've got on my website. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I felt like because I've done the more harsh ones before I had, I was like, let's start with this and really. And I do like out. the name, the full moon parasite protocol. because too. It really does matter. I, the times I do it is the full moon and I do it twice a month. I do it at the dark of the moon and the full moon. They're, yeah. they're two weeks apart. Cause that's, that's, uh, I think that's, I think the yeah. full moon is when the, when the little critters hatch out and I've, you know, and if I don't do it, I can, I can tell you, I started having night sweats at the full moon. Do you? Yeah, I still have night sweats at the full moon. So whatever I've got in me, it's in my blood system at the full moon and I'm getting night sweats. And that, that's why we think of night sweats as a pre-cancer thing. I used to have night sweats every night. Now I've got it down to just at the full moon if I don't take the protocol. So if I don't take okay. it soon enough, they hatch out, then I, then I get it. It's, uh, I know it's kind of creepy, but it, I'm glad to know what's going on because yeah. uh, I think when people take this seriously and they realize that is, that is how we, you know, I'm, I'm doing, um, so we have a, uh, well, it's not learning for you. That's another thing, but the, the boot camp. So I'll, I will make a plug the five docs. We have a, a oh, five yeah. docs boot camp coming up. Okay. Um, it's Sherry Tenpenny's site and I, I should have the thing right on my top of my tongue, but anyway, but we're all going to give lectures and mine and, okay. and, and then all the stuff that they told us, what we've learned, this is like setting the record straight. So all okay. the things that happened that they yeah. lied to us about, and then here's where we are now. And so mine is basically the nature of disease. Yeah. And, and it's not going to be so much about anything with the, the vaccine per se or anything, like that, but it's just about the actual like how we how we prevent ourselves from getting sick and why this matters and and how what we know about this the absolute proof that they were lying to us and right. so yeah yeah um and then before we discuss next week i just wanted to, to tell you when you start um using your opposable thumbs again and your grip yeah. right so i know this from uh because i did ninja warrior training so i was constantly gripping you're always pulling right so this is similar to what you did and it would cause a lot of tendon and joint discomfort, um, which po possibly could have led to issues down the road. So what we would do to push it, to counter it, because a lot of times it's one, you know, muscle is become and tendon becomes dominant and the antagonistic one becomes weak. So if you do this, it looks really simple, but really push through the knuckle and stretch out. So it's almost as if you're pushing against a wall or something with yeah. your knuckles. Yeah. And do that like a few times a day. It gets like exhausting. And if you can do it with straight arms, yeah. then you're flexing. What you're doing is flattening your palmar arch. Yes. That's, exactly. what, that's what that is. Yeah. I actually just do that kind of instinctively, but maybe I'll make a more of a point to do a it. A point to do that. Yeah. Because when you're weightlifting, you know, there's a big point about, you know, strengthening your grip in general. So you're always strengthening sure. your grip. Same thing. You know, we have the same thing with shoulders. I'm, you know, I have a friend that uh, was world-class bodybuilder and I told her, you guys in bodybuilding, you just don't get this one thing you need to be doing. You guys all get shoulder problems. And the reason is because yeah. you work your pecs, you work all these internal rotators you got to work your external rotators of the you know your latissimus yep. dorsi and the external rotators you got to balance it out and you nobody exactly. ever does that but that's the same idea so with your hands so i'll make sure that's a good that's a good tip yeah i yeah. was just thinking that i i know it's just because i was constantly gripping so it was like we had to work the you know antagonistic muscles otherwise i was getting all these wrist issues so yeah yeah, yeah. So, nice. and then for next week i don't know um we could do um I'm going to be speaking at the Senate again tomorrow. Um, so tomorrow I'm speaking on, this time it's a different topic, totally different topic. I'm uh, They're trying to put homeschooling under the same umbrella 
as like private schools and give all sorts of incentives for, uh, you know, funding and uh, call it school choice. And there, it's just a way for them to have control. So I'm trying to inform them why school choice is basically a Trojan horse. So, and we did, I did the one two weeks ago, I think it was now, um, that was on the NACs. So now I'm trying to, so since they, they did withdraw the proposal, which is great, that's definitely a win. But now I'm trying to sound the alarm about climate smart uh, commodity projects because the USDA has put $3.1 billion into them. Well, I got an idea for a guy who's a real dangerous dude. I'll okay. see if he can come. But I want him to talk about ear tag, the, the new electronic ear tag requirement. Now that okay. may not sound like anything that anybody appreciates, but but besides the fact he really he's 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 excellent on the carbon capture pipeline and everything, and he's a big rancher in the Midwest. Oh, well, let me ask. Great. Yeah, let okay. me ask. That was and I know we were going to ask. Uh, was it Jason Ian from the Actions? Yes, I can do that too. Oh, in fact, he said he would do it. I did okay. say he would do it. Okay, so okay. let's let's I'll set those two up. Great. Yeah. All yeah. right. Awesome. We'll have All two right. hundred. All right. Well, I think we've covered enough dangerous topics for today. And uh, yeah, till next time. Thank you. Thank you all for watching and listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.